Welcome, welcome to the Sharpway Show. Yes, it is Monday, which means 7 p.m. on the East Coast. It's AMA time. Yes, ask me anything, Larry Sharp, on the Sharpway. So happy that you are with me today. And you know what I'm going to ask you, because I always do. Please like and comment and share, because it does matter. It gets me past those algorithms and tries to get me past the shadow banning that I constantly get. So please do that. Let people know I'm out here so that we can move our message forward. I appreciate it tremendously. Thank you so much. So as usual, it's an AMA, but I always start it with something that usually bugs me over the weekend. And it's usually either something I saw maybe like from my glorious mayor or horrible governor who said something, or sometimes it's Fareed Zakarier, but sometimes it's also Michael Smirkanish. And today is no different. It is Smirkanish from his show on Saturday. And some of you always go, Larry, you watch CNN? Yes, I have to. So you don't have to. Otherwise, yes, so I have to. But the thing to remember is when it comes to balance, on CNN, Smirkanish is your best bet. He's the closest guy you're going to find to balance on CNN. Fareed's not bad. Well, he's not, Kerry, not bad. But Smirkanish is actually pretty good. He tries to be as balanced as he can. And the evidence I will always give is those of you who may not know, Smirkanish was one of the only people to have actually, in the same week, guest hosted on CNN and Fox. So tough to find someone better, I guess, in that regard. But he's talking about cancel culture here, which I think is really an interesting piece here, right? Uh, it's really interesting. Let me let me show you what I'm talking about. And I think you'll enjoy and you'll get what I'm talking about and why I liked it so much. What was then PC has morphed into cancel culture. And conservatives, they own this ground. These sort of stories, they get lots of play on Fox. Why? Because they make for good TV and they fire people up. So this is a piece I want to bring up right away. And this is, if you notice what I asked in the um, in the description, it was who wins with cancel culture, Right. And I think the average person thinks, well, the left is winning because the left is canceling, right? So since the left is doing more canceling than the right, the right does some canceling too. The right is not innocent in this, but percentage-wise, far more left canceling than right, right? By percentage. But you absolutely can find people on the right who do cancel. It does happen, but it's just far more on the left than the right. So the average person might assume, well, the left is winning. See? But Smirkanish is saying the left actually isn't winning, that it might look like the left is winning, but actually he believes the right is winning because he thinks the right is taking this and firing people up and getting people excited to where they actually want to fight back against it. And maybe they're winning converts through this. I think he might be right. You tell me, hear him out and what you think. But I think it's important that all audiences pay attention to them because I think they have political ramifications. No single story on its own. But collectively, all these attempts to correct and to cancel can add up to an overreach. The sort of issues that piss people off and are easy to remember when they close the voting booth curtain. Yeah. Yes. Right. Don't don't you feel it? I mean, no one cares about being canceled until they're canceled. Right? I was just talking to 
my team about, I don't know, an hour ago or so, we were chatting on the uh, on the phone. We were chatting over a, a Zoom call. And I was talking about, you know, a lot of comedians now who seem to have found their libertarianism, right? So you don't, you're not libertarian until all of a sudden you get canceled, right? When you get canceled, all of a sudden you're Harry Brown, right? It's the second you get canceled, now all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're Mr. Libertarian, right? All of a sudden you become that libertarian like there's no tomorrow when you're the one being canceled. So I feel like when the left cancels someone, they don't understand us. We're not good enough at drawing them to us yet. We're getting better. So they just go to the other, and the other is the right. So I think you're taking people who either were in the middle or were just lightly left, and you try to cancel them, and then they rush to the right because they think, okay, well, they'll take me. The left is canceling me. Let me run to the right. And I feel like Smirconis is a point here, right? Am I wrong on this one, guys? I feel like he really is, he's kind of saying what the future will bring, even though there seems to be a short-term success. Example, last week, I had the Native American second-year Yale law student who was browbeaten by administrators after he invited classmates to a party at a quote-unquote trap house featuring Popeye's chicken. The online reaction here on CNN was nearly 100% against him. Is that crazy? I did my entire show saying how he was right and Smirconish was right. And Smirconish was like on this kid's side. And his entire audience was like, nope, you are wrong. This guy's bad. He's a racist. The Native American. The Native American is the racist. I, I, okay. And me for putting him on air. Racist dog whistles. You were played like a violin. You felt for it. In other words, shame on me for not canceling him too. That's the part that I love with what Smirconis just says. He says, shame on me for not canceling him too. And I can't tell you, of everything he said, this to me is the critical piece. Because he didn't cancel him. So this guy came to Smirconish and said, can I just tell my story? And Smirconish went, yeah, tell your story, man. Yeah. I try to do that too. Clearly, I'm not as as popular as Smirconish is. But I try to do it also, right? I try to let people just tell their piece. And I try to, I try my best to not cancel people. But he thinks that they should be canceled. Well, what do you do then when you're canceled? Well, then you walk away. So now you, not only do you lose this guy, who I think is already right, he's part of the, the Federal Society, so so he probably, the Federalist, I'm sorry, so he's probably already on the right, but all his friends are on the right? Probably not. All the people coming to his party on the right? Probably not. All his family members are on the right? Probably not. But you're going to lose all of them now because they care about him and they're going to feel like the left has canceled them and they're going to run to the right now. Here's another of these stories which popped this week. The uproar over the Art Institute of Chicago letting go of all 82 volunteer docents because they lack diversity. So they let go of over 80 people in a museum because they lack diversity. 
I'm not sure how an individual can gain diversity, right? So you punished all the individuals. If you were going to punish someone, not that you should, but if you're going to, shouldn't you have punished, I don't know, the leadership or, I don't know, um, the system or the boss or something? Because if anything, they are going to have to, you know, go through this, right? They have to, they set the system up, right? So you would think, but no, they fired the people, all 82 of them, because they weren't diverse enough. The docents who were predominantly white, female, and wealthy, and had an average of 15 years of experience, they all received an email from the museum's executive director of learning and engagement, Veronica Stein, which explained, quote, as a civic institution, we mm -hmm. acknowledge our responsibility to rebuild the volunteer educator program See that? in a way that allows community members of all income levels to participate, responds to issues of class and income equity, and does not require financial flexibility to participate. Now, this part, I love all of that. Everything she just said, literally she said, if, if, I, could, if I could please translate. I have really screwed up badly. I have not paid attention. I've abandoned my community completely. So I'm going to fire all of you to act like I've done something good. All of you have to pay for my incompetence. If I could translate. Because she's the one who hired them, right? She's the one who put it together, correct? So if there is a problem with equity and class income and all the things she said... Isn't she the one who's doing it, right? As a civic institution, no, you. We acknowledge our responsibility to rebuild the volunteer educator program. So why don't you? Because you're the boss, right? This is brilliant. Someone got mad at her. She said, I need to fire everybody before I get fired. So she did. Cancel culture. Very effective. So now you've made all these people angry. I would ask you, it's a museum. How does a museum and cultural icons and the groups like that tend to get most of their money? Through donations. Through donations. From who? People who have lots of money. And many of the volunteers, they're wealthy women from wealthy families that have money. Either those women themselves have money or their spouses have money, or their families have money, or some combination of all three of those. Or they wouldn't be there, would they? So you now, not only are you, not only are you destroying your, your worker base with, as he said, an average of 15 years of experience, which you would think in a museum would matter, but on top of it, you've destroyed your donor base. Win and win. When and when. The Wall Street Journal quickly pounced, declaring the museum appears to be in the grips of a self-defeating overcorrection. The world is. It has adopted the language of diversity, inclusion, and has. equity so completely that it was willing to fire the same upper middle class volunteers that it relies on for charitable donations. There we go. In other words, the blue hairs are out. As tour guides, notwithstanding that they spend 18 months getting trained and they don't even get paid. Yep. So they spend 18 months getting trained, don't get paid. Who can afford to do that? The wealthy. Let them. Let them. You know what? I'm going to be crazy. You're saying, you know what? 
I'm worried about diversity. Okay, that's not a bad thing. Being concerned about diversity is not a bad thing. It isn't. So you're concerned. I got you. So what you could have done instead is that, hey, there are 80 of you or whatever the number is. You're all working a lot. Here's what I like to do. Could I got you guys? Can I get you guys to help me out and start with some donations so that we could have a couple of scholarships to bring on some people who don't have a lot of money, who will need to be paid for this. So we can bring on, yeah, I don't know, 10 interns. I'm making that number up, whatever it is. And then if you guys wouldn't mind, since you're volunteers, instead of giving me 15 hours a week, could you give me 12 or 13? Everything changes. They do a little bit less in time. They have some extra free time. They give some money at a time. You bring in some more people. You begin to diversify. Not crazy. This could be done. Instead, fire them all. Diversity issue also somewhat bizarrely led to the resignation of the head of the UC Berkeley Atmospheric Center. Yes. Physicist David Romps, who was unhappy when a colleague from another university, Dorian mm -hmm. Abbott, you'll meet him in a moment, was not invited to give a lecture about climate change because he's voiced opposition to diversity, equity and inclusion programs. Now, I want you to hear this. They wouldn't let him give a lecture on climate change. Because in the past, in other things, he was against cancel culture and against other things, not climate. So they got rid of him and it wasn't even about climate. And had been already canceled by the Twitter mob from speaking at MIT. Of course, the biggest recent story in the cancel culture war is the blow-up over Dave Chappelle's Netflix special, yep. The Closer. Chappelle provocatively wrestles with his attitudes about the trans community and mm -hmm. others, and with people's reactions to him. Is it yep. PC? No, purposely not. His brand is being anti-woke. He clearly Absolutely. is trying to get a reaction. But also, for those who stick around to the end, he surprises us with a tender story about a trans if friend. If you saw it, it's true. A friend who died the way he presents it, the Twitter PC mob was partly to blame. Does yep. that absolve him for every phobic joke? Of course not. There weren't any phobic Does jokes. Does it make you think? I hope so. It should. Should his show be withdrawn? Not in my opinion. Nope. To me, that demand speaks to the death of nuance. America yes. needs to have difficult conversations, not... Ex <laughs> yes. This is what I talk about constantly. It's why I like Smirconish. America needs to have difficult conversations. Yes, hundreds of them. Extinguish them altogether. Yeah. Of Chappelle, Peggy Noonan in the Wall Street Journal said this. In truth, some people are probably too big to cancel. Mr. Yep. Chappelle is one. J.K. Rowling is another. But standing firm helps those who aren't too big, yes. who know, for instance, they'd be sacrificed by their employer in a nanosecond if trouble starts and the Twitter mob comes. And we've seen this before. Right? We've seen this before. Chappelle can't be canceled. The dude is a moneymaker. They're not canceling him. You can't, you can't, you can't, you know, cancel J.K. Rowling. Moneymaker. She is a moneymaker. They're not canceling him. You could try if you want to be mad, shake your fist. You're going to lose that battle. Don't waste your time. But people will do it anyway. I'm not worried about Chappelle. He'll be fine. JK, she'll be fine. No worries. Rowling will be fine. Chappelle will be fine. They'll be fine. But who's not going to be fine? The average guy or gal who just says something wrong and gets canceled. And now their life is over. That's who actually gets punished here. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not providing 
cover for the haters on either side. I think there needs to be middle ground for people somewhere in between the extremes. But that space keeps getting uncomfortably more narrow. Absolutely. And don't overlook the political cost to the censors. Yes. The next time the left is going to browbeat a Yale student over a party invite or cancel a speech at MIT or get rid of the pearl-wearing volunteers at a museum or take down a statue of Thomas Jefferson... They might want to think twice because the accumulated weight of all of these stories becomes a great political motivator for the right. It does. Democrats, if you're listening, if you don't want Trump, you should probably stop canceling. If you if you're on the right and you want Trump, you should probably be happy they're canceling. I'm just telling you, you're going to shift people into the right if we keep canceling. So whatever you like. Do what you feel, but understand your consequences. The right should be like, yeah, the left should be like, boo. But I, I feel like the opposite's happening. Which leads me to this week's survey question at Smirconish.com. Which political party benefits from all this, from all this cancel culture and the disputes? Is it the Republicans? This actually goes to about, about 90% at the end. They say Republicans, Republicans are will Democrats. Benefit. I feel no like answer. it's true. I'll give you the result later. Now to the yes. Berkeley story, which involves personal politics overshadowing. Now, the, the, the reason why I don't like the I want to touch the, the scientific piece, right? The problem with this, if you don't let this guy who's a climate scientist talk about climate science, again, the client, sci- the climate scientists talk about climate science, his field, because of something else he's upset about that's not woke enough for you. How are you going to have anybody give you anything new in science? I'm not joking when I say this. If you decide to destroy everyone for not following groupthink, how are you ever going to have good science? And you are begging, you are begging people to, to accept that 2 plus 2 equals 5 because the party says 2 plus 2 equals 5. And not go, wait a minute, no, it's, it's, it's four. It's, it's not five, it's, it's four. But they, oh, how dare you say it's four? Canceled. Well, if, if that's what you do, then we're never going to get science right. So there are, there's more damage than one would imagine here. And I know I went a bit long, but this bothered me. I thought it would be interesting to start the, the conversation with. So, yes. Let me, let me grab some comments if I could. The Al Gore rhythms are a pain. I I don't know what that means. You have to help me, David. Sorry, I don't know what that means. Richard says, "I'm I'm not sure if Larry is as smart as I am, or as dumb. Either way, he speaks my mind better than I do." Oh, thank you. I pre- I I think that was a compliment. Maybe we're both dumb. Okay, I hope it was. Thank you. So, um, Ryan says, LarryShop.com says donate. Yes, if those of you want to help me with. With my, uh, my 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 assisting and helping me uh, fix New York State, please do that if you like. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate that. Yes. Um, Logic says, thinks the left pretends they're tolerant. They claim love and tolerance. But the second you disagree, they go full, send hate, and then cancel. I got to tell you, I think there's been a bit, of, a bit of a change in the left. If you go back about a year and a half, two years ago, the vast majority of the rhetoric of the left was really good rhetoric. It was equality and we love and help and Trump is a bad guy and we're the good guys. Their rhetoric was much more inclusive 
their rhetoric was much nicer. Now the rhetoric is do as I say or you're gone. Um, the rhetoric has changed tremendously. Um, and I think it's because now they're in charge, right? When they weren't in charge, they were like, come to us. We'll beat the evil Trump. And then they got in charge. They were like, now we're in charge. Do as we say. I really think they've changed a bit. That's my feeling. Um, and now they're hardcore canceling. They weren't canceling as badly at all when they were still trying to get rid of Trump. They were just trying to cancel Trump, right? That was it. And Trump is hard to cancel, right? He's like Chappelle in that regard. Tough to cancel Trump, right? So they were trying to cancel Trump. They had to jump through hoops to make that happen, right? So they weren't canceling others. Now they're canceling everybody. And and my worry about the canceling more than anything else, right? Do I actually care if you go left or right to be forward? I actually don't. Just vote libertarian. But I am worried when you feel betrayed by your side. What does that mean? What I always say is the most zealous are the converted. So that includes, by the way, betrayal. If you're a left-leaning person and you hang out with left-leaning people, all good. If you're left, I got it. But if you get betrayed by the left, man, you hate the left because they betrayed you. You become super right guy or gal, right? And now you won't even hear the left because they betrayed you and that's it. And I don't want you that far right. I don't want you, I don't want you so far left or so far right that you won't hear the other. You don't have to believe the other or be the other, but you should be able to hear them, right? And go, okay, I hear you. You're wrong, but I hear you. I want you to be able to hear the other. My worry is when you get betrayed, you can't even hear them. So that's my worry about canceling. You're going to make a lot of people who just aren't going to hear or they're going to check out. Now, I'm not as concerned about checking out because if you just check out, I can grab you. So I'm okay with that one. It's the hate. I don't want to foster more hate. Abe says, I think the left is creating more libertarians and anarchists than they realize it's wild. I would agree. I think you're right. I think, I and it's going to sound crazy, I think the left is creating far more Nazis than the right is. And I mean that because when that person on the left leaves and goes right, they go hardcore right. They go hardcore right. I think that's true. Rebecca says, even the left is canceling the left. Yes. For example, John John Barrow, uh, Barrowman, oh, a popular actor on Doctor Who and Arrow, who was flamboyant and far left, lost all his acting jobs because because of his onset behavior from some 20 years ago. Is that right? 20 years ago. You know, the, the piece that bothers me about that is maybe he was a bad guy 20 years, 20 years ago. I, I don't know him, but for the sake of argument, we'll say he was. Does that mean he's that person now? And if the only thing you have is what someone said 20 years ago, isn't that by default meaning that the person's changed? In today's world, with cell phones and video cameras everywhere and me too, if John is still that bad guy, wouldn't that be happening now? So if it's not happening now, but it was happening then, isn't that literally evidence that he has become better or learned something or cares or something like that? Isn't that evidence? So now he's done better. Probably said he's sorry. I would assume if he did. So he said he's even better. And now you cancel him. Rebecca, the more we do this, people are going to say, I'm not sorry. I'm glad I did it. I'm going to do it again. 
go to hell. That's what they're going to say. Because if I say I'm sorry, you still cancel me. If I get better, you still cancel me. So I'm not getting better. And I'm not saying sorry. I'm going to double and triple down. And you can't think of anything about it. And guess what? Who's been doing that? All the people who can't get canceled because they don't care. You're going to try to cancel them anyway. So you say, you know what? I'm doubling down. And when they show that strength, people follow that. People follow confidence, even off a cliff. People do. And I think you're seeing it right now, Rebecca. That's a good point. Jack says, follow the narrative. Far too vague for my friend. Far too vague. Yeah, I think Richard and I, we're not that bright. You got to help us out on this one. Far, far too vague. Dustin says, tolerance will reach such a level that intelligent people will be banned from thinking so as not to offend the imbeciles. There's a difference, Dustin, uh, between tolerance and acceptance. There's a difference between tolerance and acceptance and even affirmation. There's a difference, right? You're going to tell me two plus two is five. I can go, um, it's four. You go, no, it's five. I go, okay, and I walk away. That's tolerance. That's tolerance. Okay. You want to believe this five? That's, and that's fine. That's not a problem. But if you get angry at me and go, no, you must accept that it's five. Now we have a problem. I didn't say it was five. I said it was four. You said it was five. All right. I walk away. Done. That's tolerance. And that's not a problem. It's fine. But now I'm going to later say, oh, no, it's four. When someone asks me. And then you're going to go, no, no, no. You got to say it's five. Dude, I'm not going to say it's five. It's it's four. If you want to believe it's five, you can say it's five. And you can believe it's five. But I know it's four. And I'm going to say four. We can survive that way. But when now I have to accept that it's five. And I have to go, all right, it's four. It's five. Now we have a problem. Or worse, I have to affirm it. When you go, it's five. I go, yeah, it is. So five. Those people who, who say it's four, idiots. Two plus two is completely five. That's affirmation. I don't need, all I want is tolerance. That's it. If we just keep tolerance, we'll be fine. It's when it comes to the next pieces that we begin to have trouble. Do I want people to be more accepting? I do. I would like us to be far more accepting. I really would. But it shouldn't be a requirement. It can't be forced. I would just like us to be more accepting. Yeah, okay, fine, whatever. I'm gonna walk away, dude. It's fine. You can say it's fine. Back in front of you, I might even say five just to make you happy. Maybe it's fine. But I just want to be nicer. But I'm not going to be forced to affirm. I'm not going to be forced to accept. Just tolerate. That's fine. Um, Ed says, cancel culture is basically how it happened from the long time because of it's all about the moral myopia narrative. Moral myopia narrative. I'm, you have to help me in this one, Ed. It's just like how cultists going after people who are going against their religious narrative. Ah, I see. Okay. Yes. In other words, in modern times, they're going after those who are going after those who disagree with that. Okay. I got it now. All right. So I think what Ed's saying is if you actually either have a narrative that actually doesn't make sense or you're unsure of or you know it's bad, you need others to agree with you to validate your bad behavior, right? So if I'm doing something bad, I need others to say, no, Larry, that's clearly not bad. It's good. Well, it feels bad. And it looks bad. But these people around me are telling me it's not bad. Oh, I guess it's not bad then. And while that may sound silly, that's really human nature. I think Ed's right. 
So now that people saying, no, Larry, that's bad. I got to shut you up because if I don't shut you up, then I start feeling that what I'm doing is actually bad and I can't validate my bad behavior. So I have to have others tell you to be quiet and don't say anything. So people around me keep telling me that what I'm doing is good, even though it's bad. So I think that's the point he's trying to make. But if what I'm doing is just good, I probably don't need people to validate it because I know it's good. I don't need validation. But very often, if I'm if it's bad, I, I, I need it. So yes, Dan says the leftist cancel culture is cannibalistic. Man, I'm seeing that. Man, you are right, Dan. You're right. It'll kill us up eventually. The only question is how the country and culture in the U.S. change by the time that happens. You actually have hit the nail on the head, Dan. And this is why there's a time limit to this, because at one point the culture changes to be like this. So even if it starts killing itself, it just keeps eating itself. And I know this is a little bit off, but I think maybe you'll get it. Dan, you might get what I'm talking about here. If you've ever seen the, I think it's Amazon Prime series, um, The Man in the High Tower. It's three seasons. Third season's a little bit nutty, but anyway, it, I don't want to do, I don't want to give any spoils in case you ever watch it, but I'll give a general rule, which you could get by just watching trailers. Um, it's basically a an alternate universe where in that universe, the Germans and the Japanese actually win World War II. They come up with the bomb. Um, they nuke uh, D.C. and take over America, right? So like a chunk of the West Coast is, is Ch- Japanese and a chunk is under Nazi occupation. And at one point, there's an American who's running basically the, you know, American part zone of the German Reich. and his wife is like, you have to stop this. Like, you're an American. You have to stop this. And he looks at her and he says, I don't know how. And he's running things. Like, he's the man, right? He's basically the Fuhrer in America, right? He's the man. She's like, you got to stop this. He's like, I don't know how. And you're right, Dan. We get to a point to where it's just going. How do you... How do you stop it? That actually is my bigger issue. And I think the example you see in reality, that obviously is is fictional. But in reality, I think what you actually see is with the COVID lockdowns, you find people who they've just spent so much time putting on a mask or keeping distant or doing the thing you're supposed to do. It's almost like a ritual that we've learned. So we can't imagine going out. I mean, I have some myself. I live in New York City, so I keep a mask in my pocket. So I was in Oklahoma last weekend. Not lockdowns in Oklahoma. I don't have to have a mask. But I kept a mask in my pocket because in New York City, someplace you can't go in without a mask. So I got to have a mask in my pocket in case I'm going to go into a place that requires a mask. It's a habit I have now. I, I now walk around with a mask in my pocket. I know, right? This is So I think your point's a very valid one. We have to, this has to stop before it gets to a point where it is American culture. That's my worry. Thank you for that, Dan. On the money, brother. On the money. Avi says, cancel culture is just sanitized book burning with a facade of sensitivity and kindness. Avi, there's there's something to it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it is book burning. Figuratively. Obviously not, you know, literally. But yeah, it is. And you're right. There is a facade of of sensitivity and kindness because we're doing the right thing. And and this is, again, I guess, kind of what Dan's saying, too, here. 
Avi, my worry is the average person who falls into this isn't a bad person. I mean, there are some, you know what, you've seen them. There are some bad people who are taking advantage and who are punishing. But the average person isn't. The average person is saying, how do I be a good person? How do I do the good thing or the right thing? And if you, again, remember the, the left rhetoric from two years ago, it was all about equity and equality and helping. It was very good. The facade of sensitivity and kindness was very good. And I think a lot of people were pulled into that. And to, to, to Trump's fault, he was very often vulgar and angry. And if you like the sensitivity and kindness, well, you don't like Trump saying bad stuff on Twitter, right? I know people get mad. Well, you, you're not going to vote for him because of Twitter? Yes, people didn't vote for him because of Twitter. The amount of people in New York City I heard who said, you know, Trump's apology is okay, but man, his Twitter, they need to take his phone away. And they literally didn't vote for him because of Twitter. I'm just being clear. Some of you, I know your heads want to explode, but you know it's true. So that matters. So does the sen- so does the facade you talk about, Avi. The facade of sensitivity and kindness does, does matter. I, I think you're right. He goes on, Hitler and Stalin would approve of, of this trash. Um, as George Collin once said, fascism won't come to America with jack boots. It comes with smiley shirts and rainbows. He was prophetic heart. Yeah, I mean, I gotta say Collin was a genius. I agree. 100% I agree. He was a genius. Yes. Donna says, uh, isn't it illegal to fire someone based on race? They're not. They're firing everyone. So you're not. You're firing anyone. I bring this up all the time, right? The wanting equity is not a bad thing. It's nice to want equity. We should all want equity. It's nice if people get treated fairly and, and if people get good things. It's a nice thing. We shouldn't be against that concept. It's how you enforce it and how you try to get there that's the problem. Most of the time, when people want to get equity, they want to force it through quotas and things of that sort. But when you force equity, you get animosity. And when you get animosity, you actually increase or decrease equity because people fight against it. You want to do things that will help lots of people, but but spend more of a focus on the population that you think is in trouble, whatever that population is. So as an example, maybe what you would do in this case of the museum, as I mentioned, right? They fired everybody. Don't do that. You heard my plan, which was ask the people who are working there now to work a little bit less and to donate some money instead of time. If the wealthy people can donate some extra money, you now have an internship program that you can now pay for. So now you open this up to people who require a job to work in a museum. Maybe internships, maybe some of that, and maybe you search in areas purposefully that tend to have poorer populations in them because you want people of lower socioeconomic uh, status to come into your museum. Now, if you just search in poorer areas, but you accept anyone who comes in, well, then you'll have some people who are poorer and some people who aren't, but you'll be able to, as a percentage, support the poorer neighborhoods. If you're in a big city, the poor neighborhoods will generally be people of color. So you'll get more people of color, but you're not having a quota system and you're allowing other people who aren't of color or who aren't that poor to also join in. This is a way of creating more equity without creating animosity. It can be done, but they didn't. They said, oh, white people, bye. We're going to get some people of color. Animosity. So yes, it's illegal. They didn't. They fired everybody. So yes. The neural eclipse, how are you? 
Larry, the only ones helped out by cancel culture are the autocrats and plutocrats. Via the ruling class that seeks to silence voice of dissent that are anti-establishment against the status quo. This is a secondary piece. I think, you're, I think you're also right. I think we find that if you start, most people who are canceling, oh, yeah, canceling, are trying to retain the status quo, which isn't always autocrats and plutocrats. You're right. They are the ones who benefit the most. But the enforcers are usually those whose livelihoods come from the establishment, right? So if your livelihood comes from the establishment, you tend to enforce the establishment. That's how you're paying your bills. That's how you're putting your kids to college. That's how you're going on vacation. So you're not going to bite the hand that feeds you. So the more people we get who work for the establishment, who get a check from the establishment, a whole lot harder to fight the establishment when you're getting a check from the establishment every month. A whole lot harder. You're right. Uh, independent thinkers will be deemed enemies of the state. They aren't already. <laughs> we might already be there, Michael. Maybe. Yes. <laughs> Jeff says, I love how I just heard a dude on CNN call them the blue hairs. <laughs> that is good. I like that. That That is good. But, I, you know, again, it, it I like Smirconish. I, I think, you know, as as CNN goes, hard to find better. Right? Hard to find better on CNN. So. All right, here. Um, these museum tour guides were preempted. Yeah, kinda. Yes, kinda. Yes. All right, let's see if I can do this here. Uh, uh, uh. uh everyone loves Dave Chappelle. Not everyone, but yeah, <laughs> a lot do. Obviously, it's good on Chappelle for sticking to it to these wannabe fascists. If people like him do not stand, what chance do other people have? This is the point, Avi. This is the point. You're right, right? If he doesn't, no one can. Literally no one can. The day that Chappelle bends the knee and all the others bend the knee, when that happens, ball game over. That's it. Pack it up. I don't know where we're going, but it's not here. Yeah, I'm with you. The day that happens, ball game over. Pack it up. Totally with you. Someone's got to be able to. Luckily, some people are almost uncan- almost uncancelable. John says the pro-government can fix climate change crowd uses the talking point constantly. The debate is over. It's time for action. That's true. There's a great John Stossel video that counters climate change with climate scientists who laugh about their claims. He invites pro-climate change people and they refuse to debate. Well, the debate's over, John. They've said so. It's time for action. Uh, I would argue that you could do both. You could keep debating and take action. You could do both. Just saying. Couldn't you? Stop the nice science, Larry. I know. I'm a bad guy, Lyndon. I am. I'm a bad guy. It's true. So, Avi says, two plus two equals five, you bigot. That's how, you're right. That's how that sentence ends. I should have added the other part. Yes. It should end with then bigot. Yes. I love that. David says, Larry, I'd love to get Libertarian Party of Maryland Governor nominee David Lashar or governor on your show. Um, let me see what I can do. Let me see what I can do about that. I, I, As you can imagine, I am insanely busy right now. I will do my best to see what I can do. But thank you. Yes. Lepke says, um, I just said to my wife that Larry Sharp is very reasonable. And she said, that's because he's sharp. Oh, that's cute. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes. Every day I wake up, I'm sharp. My kids wake up. They're all sharp too. My wife wakes up. Also sharp. That's how it works. Absolutely. Bad dad joke, I know. So what? Yes. 
Yes. All right. Louis says, you already have my vote. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate that. Yes. The Frankenstein wrong thinker. Not red pill, not blue pill. Time to get gold pilled. Oh, I like that. Yes. Yes. I'm pretty sure he meant the algorithms. Oh. Thank you, Jeff. You're right. He meant that. Thank you. I I should have realized that. You know what? Me and you, we're not that bright. What are you going to do? I appreciate it. That's why I need guys like you to, to lock me on. I appreciate that. Yes. Sam says, I was canceled by the left about two years ago because I parted ways over AOC. Wow. I would argue that, that no one benefits from cancer culture. I like that cancer culture. One big split and no communication to the other side. Yeah. See, you've hit this, Sam. That is my, my long-term concern is that as you get canceled, you tend to not go back and even talk to the other. And then here's the other part. If I cancel you, Sam, if I'm like, Sam's the worst person in the world, he should lose his job or whatever I do to, to get you, how do I ever accept what I did as being bad? Right? I have to hold on to that belief. Because if I don't, if I don't hold on to that belief that Sam really was that evil guy and I had to cancel him or the world was going to end, if at one point I realized, you know what? No, he wasn't that bad of a guy at all. And I really shouldn't have tried to cancel him. I have to look myself in the mirror now and accept what I did, which was pretty goddamn cruel and wrong. I have to accept that now. Man, that's not easy. It's easier. If I just go, Sam's a bad guy. That's a whole lot easier, right? Than me having to go, he's not. Maybe I'm the bad guy. And I did something wrong. And maybe I should pick up the phone, call Sam and say, I'm sorry. And I was wrong. Maybe I should do that. Oh, that's way hard. So easy. Just go, no, Sam, bad guy. Deserved it. Way easier to do that. So you're right. And I think that's also what helps. Helps. Wrong, wrong word. That's also what enhances the no communication, because how do I how do I close that gap? You see me constantly talk about this. We have to keep communication open. And I'm, some of you have heard me say this before. If you want to be happier, you have to be able to forgive. I know that's not easy. Obviously, ready to yell at me now. I know that's not easy. I get it. It's not easy. It's still better if you can, because if you can forgive, if people know that you'll forgive, if I know Sam's forgiving, there's a better chance I'll go to Sam and go, dude, I was so wrong. I'm, 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 I should have never done that. I was wrong. If I know Sam's vindictive, I'm not going back. That guy's going to hit me there with a bat. I'm not going to go there. Sam's waiting with a bat for me. I'm not doing that. But if I know he's forgiving, better chance I'll come back. The sad part is, it's hard to forgive when people hurt you, particularly deeply, particularly when you're betrayed. So hard to forgive. So people don't. I don't blame people for that. I just wish people could be more forgiving. But man, when it stings, when the people who you thought were on your side backstab you, man, does that hurt? Man, does that hurt? So I get it. JGJ, is canceling a good thing? Maybe. Proper standards are what makes society flourish. Insanity brings society to its knees. It's an interesting question. Proper standards. You know, I'm not against that idea. I'm not against that because you call them standards, not rules or regulations, right? 
I'm actually okay with culture having a standard. And if you don't go with the standard, that people are going to point out and go, that's not our standard, right? I get that. That's not necessarily a bad thing. I'm with you. But that's not what's happening. Someone's not breaking the standard, and we're like, whoa, why are you breaking our standard? We accept this as our standard. You're not doing this. We're saying you've broken our standard. Now you are evil and no longer deserve to have a happy life. Now you are evil and you no longer deserve your rights. That's where we're going with it, right? It's the dehumanization that bothers me. But I actually don't have a problem if someone's like, no, we have a standard and we expect X, Y, and Z. And if you don't do the standard we expect, you're going to get some social backlash because we don't like the thing that you did. That's human. And that's okay. And that's normal. I agree with you. That's kind of what makes a society flourish. I agree with you. At the same time, the punishment shouldn't be catastrophic, right? That's the issue. Is the punishment catastrophic? I think in many cases, they're trying to make it catastrophic. So Jericho says, I also saw a giant shift in the amount of white males that felt very alienated, but I left ended up being more extreme. Yes. Oh, Jericho. Yes. I mean, I was once joking. I was like, man, if I was a white guy, I think I'd be a Trumpster. Right? I was thinking that, right? Because I, I, I felt bad for my white male friends. I did. I felt bad for my white male friends. Like, wow, it's this is like beat up a white guy day or something, right? And I feel bad for him. And look, wealthier people, more of them by percentage are white. I get that. That's our country. I got it. So when you're you're thinking about a wealthy person, you're often thinking about a white guy. That's true. That's most of the wealthy people in America are white men. That's true. Accurate statement. Does that mean I punish all white men because most wealthy people in America are white men? I guess yes. But the problem is the wealthy white men don't care what I think. They're wealthy. So the only people who get hurt are the non-wealthy white men who I shouldn't be angry at. They're not the wealthy. That makes any sense, right? If my goal is to be angry at the establishment, if my goal is to yell at the at the rich people for crushing the world, if that's my goal, I got it. You're mad at the, at the rich people, but then be mad at the rich people. Then, if that's if that's your goal, being mad at the white at the white guy because most of that population is white and male, you're only hurting the white males who aren't in that population. Those are the only people being hurt. So why would you do that? And sadly, Jericho, you're right. We are doing that. It's a problem. Yes. Uh, the Frankenstein wrong figure. Sorry, grace and redemption has been canceled. <laughs> Let's uh, reinstate it. How about that? I want to bring it back. I want to bring it back. Yes. Louis B says, I mean, in my comedy, when I say something offensive and someone gets offended and tries to chastise me, I do like Donald Trump did and double down, triple down. Yeah. You're right. So now you make someone be even harsher than they were. I agree. Yes, 100%. All right. Um, let's see here. Dustin says, it's better to let better ideas beat the bad ideas in open market. You know, sometimes in the short run, that doesn't feel good, Dustin. But you're right. In the long run, it does work. Not always in the short run. In the short run, Sometimes violence is the right answer. It works for the short run, right? I don't have any money. Pull my gun out. Point at Dustin. Give me your wallet. Dustin gives me his wallet. 
I've got money. Short run, that totally worked. I didn't have money. Now I do. Violence works. Well, right after that, I'm going to have a problem. Me and Justin are going to have some problems, and things aren't going to well for us. That's not going to end up well. But short term, did it solve my problem? It did. Long term, it's a problem. I think you're right. The problem is people understanding that and accepting that in the long term. Right? That's the issue. And, of course, the number one issue is what Pete says, $28.9 trillion national debt. Kind of more important than cancel culture, right? However, this is the problem, Pete. You're right. This is more important. However, if we spend so much time hating each other, which is what cancel culture does, to Sam's point, this is what cancel culture does, we don't think about the debt. We're so busy hating the other person that we don't bother thinking about the debt, which is affecting us all. We are literally having a duel on the deck of the Titanic because some guy stepped on our shoe while we were trying to get to the lifeboats. So, Pete, you stepped on my shoe, trying to get a lifeboat. That's it. Let's have a duel right now. Pistols at 15 paces. Meanwhile, the ship is sinking. Other people are getting a lifeboat. Ah, that's it. I am offended. Pistols at 15 paces. You're like, yeah. Pistols, and it doesn't work. Swords, you don't care. Let's fight. The ship's going down. The lifeboats are over there. But we're going to duel. And the worst part is a crowd is getting around us and watching us duel when they should be getting in lifeboats or saving the ship or something. They're watching me and you duel when they should be jumping in lifeboats or doing something, or patching the ship up or whatever, not watching us duel. But we are. Absolutely. Yes. All right, so I grab this here. Um, yeah, Jeff's mad at you. Damn it, Pete. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate that. Yes. So, all right, Rebecca says, off-topic question. That's okay. It's AMA. Ask whatever you want. Um, how how was the event with Spike Cohen? I was good, but some of you who may not know, I was actually in uh, Oklahoma uh, this weekend supporting a wonderful libertarian gubernatorial candidate by the name of Natalie Bruno. If you want to see what she's doing, you can go to electnataliebruno.com and you can see what she's doing. She's an amazing candidate, um, civic leader, uh, mom, worker. I mean, the people who showed up at her event were people who just loved her. She's amazing. She's wonderful. And I truly hope she has impact. If not wins, that it's awesome. So electnataliebruno.com was great. Um, Spike and I both both edified her because we should have. It was great. She was totally worth it. She's amazing. So it was very good, very happy. I went there, um, just went there to support people. You guys know me. I'm always out there trying to support libertarians, trying to support the, the movement to the best of my ability to get people to grow. And we need some growth. And it's not the first time I, I was in um, in Oklahoma. I've been there a couple of times. So, yeah. So what do you mean about the proposed uh, tax on unrealized gains? Will it go through? I think no, because they haven't actually written it out the way they want to do it yet. When they do, remember, who writes these things? Corporate lobbyists, right? It's not like it's not like we have a senator who goes, let me sit down and write this bill. That's not what happens. They're too busy calling people money. They don't do that. Um, so what they do is they have a corporate lobbyist write it. So however they write it, it'll make sure the only people who get screwed are the middle class. So I do not think it will work. Conceptually, I get the idea, right? The idea is, you know, for those who don't know, what often happens is when wealthy people have assets, they don't sell their asset. What they do is they take a loan on their asset to gain money. 
But if they don't sell the asset, they don't pay tax on it, right? Because they didn't sell it. That's a tactic that many wealthy people use. So I have this huge thing. I don't sell it. I'll take out you know, a loan on it, and, and I don't have to pay tax on it. The problem is that's what a mortgage is. So now is every homeowner going to start paying taxes on their home as their home appreciates? So as your home appreciates, you start paying taxes on your home. So all the gains you get, you're not going to pay more to the government as your home appreciates. By the way, home appreciation, number one way the middle class gains wealth. Home appreciation, real estate appreciation, you're not going to attack that. So I, my worry is if it, I don't think it will go through, but if it does, there's no way the wealthy don't get around that. The wealthy do something like they'll put their asset in a trust. A trust won't be taxable. They'll see it coming. So they'll say, we're going to start this in, say, three or five years. That'll be how long it takes the trust to take effect. They'll put all this stuff into a trust. They'll take a loan against the trust. They won't pay any taxes. You and I will, Rebecca. So I, I don't think it'll work because that's just not how it works. So, yes. All right. Sam, question. Should American, this is off topic, but I don't mind, AMA. Um, question, should Americans be concerned over the new Chinese hypersonic missile that can avoid anti-missile defense since the Moses grants in between nuclear powers? Um, I'm going to tell you something that many of you will think is crazy. Um, I think 20 years from now, maybe 10, but for sure 20 years from now, Taiwan will be a part of China. Not a shot will be fired. It will be a part of, of China through some form of treaty. That's what I think. Why do I say that? China can't back down, and we can't back down. Taiwan can't win, no matter what they do, whether America jumps in the fray or not. Taiwan will be a bombed battleground, regardless of who wins whatever, if there's actually a fight in Taiwan. We just got out of Afghanistan. You think we're ready to start fighting in Taiwan right now? Afghanistan was our Vietnam from 40 years ago. And if you remember how it worked, you know, 30 or 40 years ago. No, 50 years ago, 50 years ago now. 50 years, sorry, 50 years ago. Is it 50? Yeah, 45. Yes, 45 years ago. So what happened is, it, look, I was in the Marine Corps in the 80s. I saw this happen. What happens is Americans get tired of war. So what happens, they start doing light wars like Grenada, Beirut, a little bit here, Panama, so that we say, okay, we can still fight. We're, we're okay. Then we do an easy war like the first Gulf War. Now we're all yelling USA, USA, little bit of Kosovo, Yugoslavia, still yelling USA. Now when the big thing hits, we're prepared to send our troops off for 20 years and fight in a 20-year battle. That's how America works. We just got out of Afghanistan. There's going to be at least 10 years while the military does little things like we're going to go into Mali and fight in Mali for like a week and do a cool battle where we win and we can, you know, wave the flag or we'll go into Libya for a little bit and, and get out real fast, something like that. Then 20 years from now, whatever is the right number, they'll put us into some massive war. Taiwan's going to be taken care of before we're ready to go back to war. So I don't see us going to war. The Chinese don't want to go to war with Taiwan. They don't. The Chinese just want Taiwan. They don't want to go to war with it. I don't think we want to go, uh, go to war with it. So there will be some form of negotiation. I don't know what it is, but there'll be some form of negotiation, some kind of treaty, the Chinese will say, oh, it's going to be, you know, one country, two systems, like with with um, with uh, Hong Kong. They'll take Taiwan. She, um, she will, will feel like he's won. Um, and 20 years from now, the Chinese will, he'll be dead. The next guy will be in. 
um, they will then renege on their deal and just take Taiwan over, as he did with with uh, uh, um, Hong Kong. It'll be too late, and that'll be the end. Taiwan is destined to be a part of China again. There's no way around it. I sound horrible, I know. I'm sorry. Some of you be mad at me. That's what I think. I don't think there's any chance of us fighting for them. I think that 20 years from now, it'll be part of China. That's what I think. So I don't think it's grandstanding. It's just China saying, look, if we have to fight, we will. We don't want to fight. Uh, Missy says, support the short way. Yes, thank you, Missy. I appreciate that. Missy is correct, guys. Like, comment, share. I talk about it all the time. But look, I'm talking about canceling, aren't I? That's your free speech. That's censorship, isn't it? Absolutely. How do you feel about that? Take the censorship and free speech survey at the Advocates for Self-Government, theadvocates.org. Click that link right there that you see right there. Click the link in the description. Go take that survey. Tell people what you think about it. They, they're looking at it. They love it. And share it. You can also see what other people think. Where do they land? What do they think about this? But why do I bug you every single show about this? Larry, you and your damn surveys. Yeah, I know. Yes. But it's for a reason. It's not because I'm crazy. I mean, I am crazy. But that's not the reason why I'm doing it. I'm doing it because when you take these surveys, you start thinking about the actual issues, not left versus right. Right? Not Democrats bad, Republicans bad. You start thinking about the actual issues. When your friends or family members take these surveys, they start thinking about the actual issues. You can have an actual conversation and not just yell, well, what do you think about the Democrats or Republicans? You can have an actual conversation about censorship and free speech, and we should be having these conversations. So please have these conversations. If you've taken the survey already, no worries. Copy the link, put it in your social media, and share it. Share on Twitter, Facebook, whatever, whatever you use, whatever is your 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 um, social media of choice. Share it in that so that other people can take it. It does matter. It helps my sponsors, my sponsor up the show out. It's free. If you're like, Larry, I want to give more. I'm glad you do. Patreon.com. Head over to patreon.com slash sharpway. Throw the show 10 bucks a month to help the uh, my team get stuff going. It's, it's how we're around here doing the right stuff. So help us out one way or the other. Three options. Two are free. Like, comment, and share, that's free. Take and share the survey, that's free. Or throw me 10 bucks, 25 bucks a month. Do that and uh, and support the show. Thank you, guys. And thank you, Missy, for that. I appreciate that. So let me keep going down here if I can. Uh, Lyndon says, this is why the far left can never be allies, unfortunately. As much as we could agree on social issues, any deviation from their rhetoric is seen as an anathema. Remember the anti-racist concept, tolerance is not acceptable anymore. Therefore, we can't have a conversation, only action. (sighs) Lyndon, I hope you are wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying I hope you are wrong. Because I feel like the far left, and it's going to sound crazy, actually has a chance of coming our way. Why would I say something like that? Here's why. Because we actually do have a common enemy, the establishment. Yep. Yes, I just said it. I think the far left could come to us. I think they could. It's not tomorrow. Lyndon, it's not tomorrow. But I think they can because eventually they're going to see the establishment is the enemy of both of us. And they shouldn't be so hardcore and unyielding because then they get nothing. They're fighting right now with Biden. Right? Biden's not giving them all they want. What happened to $15 minimum wage? That's going away. What happened to Medicare for all? That's going away. All the things the far left want, they're not getting from Biden. 
They're not getting from the Democrats. Establishment is not giving them what they want. The Republicans aren't going to give them what they want. So they can't get anything from Republicans. They can't get anything from Democrats. Maybe we can give them something. We could end the war on drugs. We give you something. Come to us. You get something or nothing, right? You don't get anything from us, but you get something. So would you rather keep fighting and get nothing? Some will. You're right. Something like, nope, I'm hardcore. I'd rather just smash my head against the wall. And some will. But I think a bunch will be like, you know what? All right, libertarians hook us up on cannabis. Let's go down that road. That's something. We got something. They'll help us with prison reform. All right, let's walk down that road. They'll give us something, right? So I do think the far left can be recruited recruited for us. It can. It's hard, obviously. But I'm okay with that. I am. I am. So, all right. Laura says, I really doubt the wealth tax will happen. It's too radical. It's like a lot of things Obama talked about that never happened. My point, Laura, is exactly, thank you, from my, it's like you were checking out what Lyndon said. This is why I think there's a chance the far left could come to us. Because we can give them something. Establishing Democrats will give them nothing. They'll talk a lot, but they won't actually give them anything. They just talk a lot. Yes. All right. Um, John says, it all ties back to good ideas should not require force. Example, higher guy, gas, gas prices punishment. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. So, all right, so if I can go through here if I can. All right. Um, Torrin says, no one took cancel culture more seriously than Nazis. Torrance, look at you. <laughs> you're not wrong, right? I mean, no, no, you're, you're not wrong. I mean, but mm, <laughs> I'm going to walk past that one. Thank you, Torrance. You, all I'm going to say is you're not wrong. You are not wrong. Yes. All right, uh, Craig says, HBO Max has a good documentary narrated by Monica Lewinsky called 15 Minutes of Shame on cancel culture and what we could do to sway it. Ooh, I like, all right, there we go. Little HBO Max there. I like that. Thank you, Craig. I appreciate that. Yes, absolutely. Thomas says, liking, commenting, and sharing from work. Thank you. I love LS for NY. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate that. Yes, absolutely. Uh, let's see here. Um, we cannot accept this is the new norm. Larry, I refuse. I'm with you. I think we shouldn't. That's my worry, though, right? If if we don't have enough people, the thing that is unfair and still true, and this is we need executives to stand up and say something. Well, all right, we got, you know, this guy or that guy to say something, this senator or this congressman. People don't care. It's totally unfair and still true. People don't care. They want an executive. They want a governor. They want a president. They want a mayor. They want a county executive. They want the person who is the figurehead to say, stop. What are you What are you doing? No. And boy, we having trouble finding it. But notice some that even come close to it, they talk about, for example, governor in, in Florida, DeSantis. He's saying something. People pay attention. He's saying something, right? We need more people to say something who are executives, Sadly, what happens is executives care. We care about executives as a culture, as, as, as press. We care about executives far more than we do congresspeople or assemblymen or whatever the case may be. So, yes, I'm with you. I don't want to accept that either. Yes, I agree. Sam says, was it a uh, question? Was it legal for that museum to fire people solely based upon race? It seems like a civil rights violation. Well, look, if it is, 
I don't think it is because they fired everyone. And that's, that's probably why they fired everyone. They just fired everybody. So I don't think it is. What they're saying is that this is what they're going to say. They're going to say they're going to reorg. I know I've done this before. Those of you who may know, I'm a corporate consultant for my day job. If you notice the cool stuff up here, this right here that you can hardly see, it says Ex Alto Concilio Victoria. That is Latin. It means from great council victory. It's Latin. Why? That's what I do. So what would I advise them if it was me and they were paying me to advise them? You didn't fire anybody. I would never said that. You're reorganizing. To reorg. Everyone's got to go and we're going to reorg. But it's because of race. I didn't say that. We have to reorg to be better for our community. So we're just going to reorganize. So you're not going to have these people anymore. We will. Some we will, some we won't. And we're going to have a new system. We're going to have managers, some paid, some unpaid. They'll just do that. And then it's not doing that. And they fired everybody. So it can't be on race. It's just a reorg. So I don't think it is. This is what I would tell them if they had, if they were hiring someone like me to do it. And they probably have lawyers who've done this more than I have clearly. So their lawyers are telling them something like this, if not better than what I just said. So I doubt it is. But to be forward, the people they let go are all wealthy people. If there could be a lawsuit, there'll be a lawsuit. I mean, if there's 80 some odd wealthy families, at least one of them's a lawyer, probably multiple are lawyers, they can, they'll sue. But I don't think so. Yes. All right. Um, let's see here. Um, I love white people. Me too, Darns. Black people too. And white people too. I do. Absolutely. Yes. All of them. Yes. Paula says, make sure Larry does not get canceled. Like, comment, share, please. Thank you, Paula. She's right. Don't let them cancel me. Yes, absolutely. Yes. John says, Larry, love what you do. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate that. Yes. Judith says, have you ever placed ads on mainstream media? We haven't, and we're probably going to. One of the reasons why you see me when it comes to my campaign, this is not my campaign, obviously, but when you see me running uh, my campaign, I bug people for money when I start running. And I've only run once before, right? And when I ran, if, you, if those of you remember, I asked for money often. Why? For things like media. The problem is what we found when we had a limited budget Mainstream media, the reach we got was a whole lot less compared to social media. But what we didn't know then, and what I know now, is if you want to get covered with free press, you have to buy media so they'll cover you. So my mind has been changed on that, Jude. This is my last run. And running again, I will absolutely buy mainstream media because that's how I get covered in the mainstream news. Yes, it's pay to play. That's how it works. So I didn't know. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. Um, Amanda says, first time watching after a New York guy talked about you on an LP Live YouTube. Oh, great. I hope it's fun, Amanda. I hope you're enjoying. Yes, I hope you are enjoying. Uh, Paul's a broad question. But any solutions for solving logistic problems in this country? As governor of New York, would you be able to help? The odds are the only way I could help in New York would be to make it easier to come to New York and work in New York. But could I really help nationwide? Not much, right? Could I, could I be more open to accepting um, shipping into New York City? Yes, I think I could. But the problem is if you're sitting outside right now of California, do you want to come to the Panama Canal and come into New York Harbor? Yeah. 
I'm ready to take you. We'll work 24 hours. No worries. We can rock and roll. We'll do it. So I would open the ports completely to let them come in. Do you want to, though? Right. And how much and how many people could get through the Panama Canal? How many ships get through to make that happen? Would I do that? Yes, of course I would. How much would it help? A percentage. I don't know what percentage, but yes, you would simply open up New York City ports 24-7, be very broad, lower some registrations, uh, some restrictions, and maybe if you can get away with it, and this would be the tough part. The toughest part would be, um, could you, as a governor, just decide that you're not going to follow the Jones Act? Man, that would be a tough one. I'd have to see if that would make sense or not. For those who don't know, the Jones Act is a huge reason why we have problems. It is a stupid, out-of-date act that should have been gone a long time ago. But maybe, right? It, it would depend on what else I'm doing because politically, ignoring a federal act like the, Joint, like the Jones Act, while I should do it, right? I mean, it is the right thing to do. Politically, it would depend on what else I'm doing. There's only a certain amount of political capital anybody gets. Would I want to spend it on fighting the Jones Act. I don't know to be full with you, Paula. Maybe it would depend on what else I'm doing. And the odds are, if I win uh, the governorship, I'm going to be sued like there's no tomorrow. The question is, I'm going to be sued on that too. I don't know, but that would be one thing. Ignoring the Jones Act would be, would be an aggressive act. The other would be opening up New York ports completely saying, come on in, come on in, come on in. That would be something we could do also. So that's how, and of course, talking about it, right? Doing what I'm doing now using the bully pulpit to talk about it. I think that could work. So, yes. All right. So, yeah. David says, what? Payola in politics? Saying so. David, yeah. It is It is literally pay to play. Literally. 100%. Yes. Andrew says, I need to remember to catch these more frequently. Thanks for the stream. Yeah. It is almost not as much every night now. Many nights at 7 p.m. Almost always Monday. I try my best to do uh, to do Monday. Yes. Paula says, Larry, how long do you think before the tax on billionaires becomes the tax on millionaires? I think right away. I mean, right away. Billionaires have a lot of money, right? I mean, they're billionaires. So they can, if they're going to have to pay, sake of argument, you're a billionaire, you're worth 20, 30, 40 billion dollars. You're going to have to spend an extra 500 million dollars in taxes. I'm making that number up, whatever the number is. You could easily pay some law firm 10 million dollars to stop that. Some lobbying firm 50 million dollars to stop that. You're going to lose 500 million. So pay 50 million, save 450. This is just basic math, right? Not even common core math. It's like regular math, right? 450 million saved is better than spending 500 million. So if I drop 50 million dollars to stop a bill, eh, someone will stop it, <laughs> right? Someone will change it or find a loophole or something. They'll make the bill instead of two pages long, 500 pages long, and there'll be a little line on page 392 with a little loophole that says if your name, if your last name has six letters in it and ends in an E, you don't pay. Done and done, right? It'll be that thing. And I'll then have that clause and I won't pay. So I don't, I think right away, I don't believe 
taxing the rich works ever, particularly in our world, ever. Yes. Jericho says, I love the Titanic analogy. It's true, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Logic says, government turns short-term violence into long-term that works. Ooh, that doesn't, ooh, that doesn't work. Failure long-term, my friend. Failure. Absolutely. Failure. Absolutely. Paula says, don't punish white men. Stop imprisoning black and brown men and women and let and let them get rich too. I like that. I, I'm with you. I like that. That's very good. I love that. Yes. Linda says, comedian tells joke that doesn't land. Ask people to be kind in their assessment of them. People's assessment, career dead. <laughs> very good. Yes. You're, you're right. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. So... Philip says, would you work to improve Lake Erie, Lake Ontario ports? Yes, but I don't know if that would help right now, right? Yes. I don't know if that question was literally for, you know, for what's happening now. I don't know, to be forward with you, if it would help. I mean, fixing ports takes minimum months, usually years. So to make that happen is difficult. So by the time we repair them, would it help us now? Probably not. Would I want to, you know, improve the ports? Of course I would, with, without question. And again, get rid of the Jones Act, those ports will be flooded. Flooded. Imagine what will come from Europe. What will come from Africa, Middle East? Flood those ports right on in, 100%. Of course I would. I don't know if that would affect right now, right? Of course. And of course, I'm not going to put taxpayer dollars into it. There's the issue. No taxpayer dollars into it. Right. And people, Larry, how can I fix it? All of those ports can be repaired by a private company that will benefit from the ports. That's it. How, how do you know this? I'll give you the easiest example. And some of you may not know this, but many people do. When a large organization decides to physically move its office, happens often. We're going to move our headquarters into Manhattan or whatever. And they're going to, you know, lease out three, um, three uh, floors in an office building, right? Kind of thing happens. Big company needs three floors in an office building on Park Avenue. They do that. They literally spend months and millions, millions of dollars refurbishing the three levels. They'll make office space the way they want it. They'll create, uh, you know, conference rooms or, video rooms or executive suites or whatever they want. They will redesign the entire, they may actually knock out floors. So they can have stairs in between the levels that usually go through an elevator. They might want specialized elevators, all types of things. They'll do whatever they want and they will spend millions upon millions of dollars and often three to six months preparing, sometimes a year, depending upon you know what they're doing before they move in. Happens all the time. Why can't ports do that? Government doesn't pay for that. The company does. Why can't government do that? Now, sometimes the landlord will assist by saying, you know what? I'm not going to charge you rent for X number of months to give you some time to get ready. That happens often. So maybe the state does that. We're not going to charge you whatever, six months of rent using our port facility so you can fix it. Whatever. Totally can be done. No need, not, no need for one taxpayer dollar to improve the ports, not required. You can still get it done. I know people could be mad, but Larry, what about union workers? It's fine, part of the deal, right? If you if you want union jobs to be part of it, I don't have a problem with that at all. 
You make it part of the deal. This can all be done with contracts. I know, sounds crazy. Can I just write a contract? Yeah, make a contract. I expect X percent of the workers to be unionized, whatever that percentage. And maybe you negotiate. Maybe like, we don't want any. And you say, we want all. Okay, what do you, 50%, 75%, 25%? I, to be forward with you, Philip, I don't know what the culture of, of, of port labor is. This is something I'm ignorant to. So I'd have to know what the culture is, to know what that number is, whatever that number is. Is this going to be you know, more or less, whatever? That's fine. We'll have a conversation. But it can be fixed without any taxpayer dollars. There are examples of this all around the world. So we can do that. So, yes. All right. Let me keep going here. All right. Um, okay. Warren says, hey, Warren, it's been a while. How are you, my friend? It seems the more extreme a person's beliefs in any direction, the tighter their eyes, ears, and mind will be closed. Yes. At the same time, they will feel increasingly justified to push their extreme beliefs in others. How anti-libertarian. Yes, I, I would uh, I would agree. Um, I, I try to make this show and this channel more open to all the beliefs. If you notice, it is very rare that I ever attack somebody's beliefs. Very rare. I try to have a conversation even when I'm not sure or disagree. I think we can do this. I think it can be done. And the best part is if I if you're if I think your views are extreme worn and I go, you're an extremist, you're a bad guy, you just double down. You're like, see, you're the bad guy. If I go, okay, let's talk this out. You might not change your views, but at least you'll be mad at me. You'll be like, all right, fine, liar's not that bad. And now we can have a conversation. Maybe I can't bring you more libertarian today, but maybe next week or next month, or next year. And all I want to do is I, I want you to be as liberal or as conserv- conservative as you want to be. I just don't want you to think you have to use government to force your views on others. That's it. If I can get you to there, I'm actually pretty happy. If I can just get you to, you want to be the person you want to be, you want to be hardcore this thing, you just don't want government to stop you, fine. You don't want government, and you don't want government to to force others. Fine, I'll take it. I would love everyone to be as libertarian as I am, but I'm realistic. That's not going to happen. Can I just get people to leave others alone? Yes, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. So, um, let's see here. Um, some things are unforgivable. What? What's unforgivable? If someone really wants to fix themselves and they really want to make amends. Now, I'm assuming the person actually wants to make amends, Michael. There's there's my caveat here, right? They want to make amends. They want to make things right. They know they've done wrong. Assuming that that's true. I guess unforgivable would be not doing that. Okay, maybe you're right. All right, right. Okay. If someone didn't believe those things, then why would you forgive them? Okay. So that would be unforgivable. Okay. Yeah. You've kind of, you've kind of walked me into your way of thinking. All right. But let me go. Assuming that someone has accepted that, why wouldn't you want to forgive them? Even if someone murdered someone you love, let's say someone murdered someone you love. We're going to call them bad Johnny. Bad Johnny murders someone you love. If Bad Johnny's actually sorry, I'm assuming he is. For the sake of argument, he is. 
if you don't forgive him, if you actually don't, you're the one hurting. You're holding this. Your pain and anger against him, your regret and everything you're feeling is just a handicap for you. Right? It's a handicap for you. Not for him, for you. You're actually hurting yourself by not forgiving. There's a difference between forgiving and forgetting. The two separate things. I don't want you to forget. And if he wants to make amends to you, if he does, and I'm, again, the sake of this argument, this he actually wants to make amends. He's actually sorry for what he did. Maybe he went to jail for 20 years. He comes back out. He's sorry. He wants to make things better. If you don't forgive him, you're holding on to the pain and the anger. It's actually hurting you more than him now. So I would still forgive him. You might not want to be around him. You might not want to forget. I got that. That makes sense, right? You may not trust him. Okay, I'd buy that too. But I would still try to find it in my heart to forgive because then I get to let go. Now, whatever happened in my life, if I can forgive that person, I can still move on, if that makes sense. If I don't, I can't move on. And if it's myself I'm angry at and I can't forgive myself, that's the worst. Now it's a handicap and I can never move on. But if I can forgive myself for the errors that I make, then my errors become learning lessons, not handicaps, right? Not disabilities, which is what they become, right? If I can't forgive myself. Hard to forgive yourself if you can't forgive others. So people who know me know that I am very forgiving in a way that's selfish because it, it makes, it allows me to move on. It allows me to keep going. It's one of the reasons why I'm very forgiving. I get backstabbed all the time. So I try to, to be very forgiving because of that, because it's better for me. So I would argue even further, Michael, even if they're not, even if they're not sorry, still better to forgive. A whole lot harder. I, I'm agreeing. A lot harder, but probably still better for you to just forgive. Move on. Maybe you don't trust them anymore. You're not around that person anymore. But forgiving forgiving shows strength and makes you stronger in the long run. And that sounds cheesy. I know it does. I'm aware what I'm saying sounds cheesy, but I think it's true. Just my opinion. I think it's true. So I hope I answer your question at least. So, all right, let's see if I can do this here. All right. Um, see if I can go down here, grab a couple more. All right. Um, let's see. Um, Nicole says, Larry, random AMA question. How do you change infrastructure projects commonly being over budget over time? Yeah, you pull them out of the government um, purview. That's how you do it. The reason why they're always over budget over time is because it is in the best interest of the people working to make it that way. What happens when something's over budget and over time, it's a government run project. They get my money. Literally, they just pay them more. That's all. The punishment is nothing. You get paid more. There's a benefit. The incentive is to make sure it's over budget over time because you'll get paid more. And they'll come up with some reason. They'll come up with some, some idea. And the government has to make sure that it's done the right way. Remember, all government agencies that are involved in every infrastructure project, their job is not to make sure it gets done. Their job is to make sure nothing goes wrong. Therefore, their job is to say no, not to say yes. 
So up front, you have to have government agencies change their mission. The mission shouldn't be to make everyone safe no matter what. The mission should be to build something safely. Note, to build something safely. So you are responsible for this thing to be built. Right now, no agencies are actually responsible for that. They're responsible only if something goes wrong. Therefore, all they do is go, nope, 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 checkbox, checkbox, unnecessary checkbox. So they make things longer always anyway. But if instead you simply said what I talked about earlier about the infrastructure when it comes to the port. Note note how many large buildings in large cities like New York City, Chicago, L.A. have these massive build-outs I talked about. Three floors, four floors, whatever the case may be. How often are they over budget over time? Very rarely. Why? Because if they are, people get sued. People don't pay. That's what happens. People get sued. People don't pay. So your incentive is to get it done on budget and on time. Otherwise, there's a punishment. You get sued. You don't get paid. Right? Nicole, if, you're, if your company is a company that's building out my, my three stories and you said I've done it in six months, you go, just kidding a year. I go, great. I guess you're taking a loss because I'm not paying anything extra. You said six months. Good luck with that. Now we're in court. Well, while we're in court, I throw you off my site, get another company to do it, and I sue you for the money I paid you. Now we're in court again. You don't want to screw me over, particularly if I'm some big company who has lots of lawyers. Worse, if it's New York City, what if I'm literally a law firm? Like my job is suing people. You're going to lose. My job is suing people. You're going to lose that. You're not going to do that, right? You're you just not. You're going to have the right contract with the right insurances to ensure this stuff works because that's the system. So as it came to the infrastructure project of the ports on the lakes here in New York, in New York State, I'm not going to have government do that because what you just said will happen. I will say, hey, company, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you this benefit if you get that on time. For example, six months free rent or something like that, whatever the, the, the equivalent is. They then run it. They're not going to put up with this. They're a, they're a large enough company to where they can rent out port space, which means they have a law firm, which will sue people who screw them over. They won't get screwed over. It's that simple. Pull it out of government purview. This will not happen. And here's the worst part. Let's say I'm wrong, Nicole, and someone screws some money over. It's two private companies fighting each other. You don't pay for that, neither do I. They screwed up. They'll deal with it. It's two private companies fighting, and they'll fight, whatever. They'll, they'll, they'll use the court system to solve their problems. We're not involved. If it goes over budget, okay. It'll suck if it goes over time. That would suck. But over budget, we're not paying. So it, it, you can do it. It can be done. We just don't because we're worried about control of this or grifting, which is a big deal. A lot of grifting. So we got to get rid of the grifting part. So I hope that. So, yes. All right. So if I keep going here. All right. Um, Logic says, what I meant by works for government is that violence and in- in- intimidation has always worked for governments. Not saying that the violence by government is a good thing, but they turn short term into long term. That's the next one. Okay. Yes. Hold on long-term, and it works for the government. Violence obviously works for government because the government is so in power. Yeah, but not every government's in power. I I think the Romanov family of Russia in 1917 would disagree with you on that one. I would think the Nazis would disagree with you on that one. I would think the British government of 1776 in America would disagree with you on that one. So it doesn't always work, right? It doesn't always work. It does work, but not always. I think Imperial Japan also didn't work. So anyway, in the long run, I'm not sure it always works, but yes. So, all right. 
Um, Thomas is unforgivable. Nat, um, um, Nat King Cole. Sorry, bad joke. It's okay, Tom. We're dads. We can do dad jokes. It's, it's fine. Yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, let's see if I can do this here. Luke, I've uh, been meaning to ask, ask by you this for a friend. Okay. I think I know what you mean. How exactly does a libertarian intend to address mental health issues? Um, I assume you mean a gov- governor? That's a really broad question. How's a libertarian? All right. Um, I'm going to assume that you mean New York governor. That is my assumption. Um, that's a very broad question. So I'm going to assume you mean New York state governor. If I'm wrong, please correct me in what you mean by that. Um, mental health issues. Number one issue that you will see libertarians and a governor would do is stop locking up mental patients in jails. The largest uh, mental facility in New York state is the prison system. That is a terrible idea. And our governor, as inept as she is, simply says, let's give them better meds in prison. I'm not joking. She literally signed a bill two weeks ago saying the answer is let's keep locking them up. I mean, that, that's obviously the right answer. Let's not assist in any way. Instead, let's give them better meds in prison. I'm serious. That just happened. That's the current answer. My answer is not that. First off, stop locking them up. That's number one. Step two, remember that a whole lot of mental issues that we're dealing with, heavily, they're also addiction-based. Not all, but a big chunk are, right? So deal with our addiction issues also. That's heavily based upon decriminalizing and allowing for cannabis products, right? So that's a part right there we have to also add to that. Another part of our our mental health issues is how kids are coming through school. This is a huge issue. Change the schooling system, which I have an entire plan for that too, to make happier teenagers, right? And why teenagers? Because that's when kids start getting in trouble, right? That's when their issues begin to happen more than ever is usually, not all, obviously, this is a, you've asked a very super broad question with multiple issues. So I covered one or two, here's one more. Teenagers, it's a problem. The, if I remember my stats right, the most unhappy person on the planet, regardless of demographic, I'm sorry, regardless of um, uh, of environment, regardless of culture across the world is 15-year-old girls, most unhappy. Teenage life needs to have more purpose. Teenage life needs to have uh, more things to do, more community. We've lost that, right? So that's another piece. But more importantly, community has to be the thing that helps people. Why? Second chances is what most people with mental health issues need. They need a second chance because once you have a mental health issue, usually it crushes you for a short period of time, whether that's through prison, which sadly is common, or through institutionalization, also common, or just knocking you out of the world for a while, right? Either you go into your own bubble in your own home or into homelessness or whatever the case may be, but you pull yourself out of that community that's moving forward. The goal is getting you back into community right, with people who actually care about you, not not being serviced by the state. When you're serviced by the state, they simply pacify you, usually with drugs, but sometimes with some, you know, light touch therapy, but people stay in the system forever. That's not helpful. I want you into community. How to do that? By supporting community. One of the issues that I brought up with, some of you may remember this, is the idea of allowing local communities to support their own nonprofits, via taxation, right? Oh my God, taxation, yes. You're right now sending X dollars to your state capital. Imagine if you were to take 500 bucks of those dollars 
and put it into some local nonprofit? And the response I always get is, well, what's 500 bucks going to do? Nothing. But what about when you have 1,000 people who give 500 bucks? 10,000 people who give 500 bucks, which is money they're losing anyway, right? Look, you're paying your taxes anyway. So don't go to your, your state capital. Go local. Why would you go local? Because local people know the local problems. And is the mental health issues in your problem, is this an issue with, with addiction? Is this an issue with veterans coming back into your community? Is this an issue with a combination? Is homelessness a part of this? Each community has different issues with mental health, which are focused in different areas. Well, your community will know. Our biggest mental health issue in, in any given place, in this case, is with the homeless population. Okay, let's focus on that. Again, how do you get equity without animosity? The largest chunk of people who have that problem, you bring them together, you start solving those problems. That's how you do it. You stop doing check boxes from state and national capitals. You start having local communities support the people who need to be supported. The people who give you second chances are not the government or big business. In fact, big business has policies that pushes those people out so they don't give them a second chance. It's the local entrepreneur, the local diner, the, the local uh, shop. They're the people who give you the second chance, right? And something else, a community center that begins to grow and fix people, whatever the problem is that needs to be fixed, those people often come back. If they're very successful, they write checks because they remember, they go, this is the organization that saved my butt and now I'm successful. So I am throwing a bunch of money at them now because I respect that. But let's say you're not super successful. You'll put your time in. And whatever the problem is, whether that's schizophrenia, whether that's PTSD or whatever the mental health issue is, if you've got around it, you know how to handle the other person because you were there. That's how you do it, right? You don't go to some resume with someone who happens to only have a, a doctorate degree and they think that's the only answer. That's an answer. But a better answer is the facility is run by that person, but the workers there have all been in the same spot and they know what it's like to get over there. They know what it's like to lose family because of mental illness. They can deal with that issue. So that's how you fix it. It's a long-term cultural change that government is not doing a good job of. I hope that was helpful. So, all right, let me see if I can go down here. Um, Christ forgave those who hung them on the cross. That's true. Valid point. I'm not, but see, John, we're not all Christ, right? I mean, yes, but it's a lot. So, <laughs> yes, 100%. Let we, we could try to be as close as possible. There we go. Yes. So, yeah, we go. So let, let's be forgiving. I like that. So um, I, I want to show one more time if I can. Please like, comment, and share. I know I bug you. It does matter. I get shadow banned constantly. The more you do this, the better. It makes everything better. Please like, comment, and share. It does help tremendously. And of course, as you see in the bottom, take the survey if you and then share it. If you've already taken it, copy the link and then share it and let others share it. Have a conversation with people about these surveys. It does matter. People really like it. You start having conversations. It does matter. If you want to support the Sharp Way itself, the show, Head over to patreon.com slash sharpway. Throw me 10, 25 bucks a month to keep this going. That's always awesome. If not, no worries. Like, comment, share is free. Taking the survey is free. Sharing the survey is free. And it makes my sponsors, the advocates for self-government, makes them very happy because they want to spread the word. They want people talking. So do I. That's why they're my sponsors. Why I bug you every single show to do it. Please share. Please take it. It does matter. Guys, I want to say thank you so much. 
for tonight, the time you gave me. I appreciate it. Great questions. I hope I answered uh, the most of them to the best of my ability. I hope I was able to give you good answers. I will see you all uh, tomorrow at noon, by the way. Tomorrow at noon, I'll be doing a free solution. I will see you all very soon.